Hey, good morning. It's good to be together in the house of the Lord. Amen. Let's open with a word of prayer and just invite his presence to have freedom to speak to our hearts and to encourage us, to strengthen us, to do the work that he's planned to do. And uh, just uh, give him honor and praise today. Lord God, thank you for your goodness. Thank you that you are here. Uh, You come here with your people because your spirit dwells within each and every believer. We have become the temple of your Holy Spirit. What What a tremendous honor that is a greater truth than we could ever truly grasp. But here we are celebrating that truth together, knowing that as we come together in faith, we also see something special happen. It says where two or three are gathered, you are most certainly in the midst. And so here you are in a very special way. As we honor you, Lord, uh, may you be lifted up. May your name be glorified. And may you have the freedom to speak to us as only you can. We give you thanks and praise for this day in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. 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 Stand with me as we sing a few songs and just give praise to God. Give thanks to the Lord, our God and King. Love endures forever. For He is good, He is above all things. Love endures forever. Sing praise, sing praise. With a mighty hand and outstretched arm, His love endures forever. For the life that's been made and reborn, Joy to the nations 
for the goodness that we can experience through you. We're thankful that we can praise your holy name. And, and Lord, we're thankful for the privilege it is to give. And we just ask God as we prepare our hearts to do so that you will be honored and that each and every person that's able to give today will just find blessing. Blessing that's more than financial. It's beyond that. It's blessing that's eternal. And we just ask for, for your presence and your blessing to flow freely in this place as we honor you in giving whether it's here in these offering plates, online, however it might be. Some people send it through the mail. Lord, uh, may we honor you with our gifts and be blessed as we serve you. In Jesus' name, amen. so glad he changed me darkness held me down but jesus pulled me out i'm no longer bound i'm so glad he saved me see i now a new creation in christ the old has gone there's new life i live by faith not is mine. Sin had left me blind, but Jesus opened 
I'm so glad he changed me. Now I'm walking free. I've got the victory. See, it's all over me. I'm so glad he changed me. See, now I'm now a new creation in Christ. The old has gone, there's new life. I live by faith, not by There is a new name written down in glory, and it's mine, yes it's mine. I've met the author of my story, and he's mine, yes he's mine.
and the melody that he gave to me within my heart is that you would minister to it in a mighty way, God. We pray that you would touch them, Lord. And Lord, let there be a great, mighty testimonies to come back. We've heard some great testimonies of healing and, and, and provision. We thank you for that, God. And we pray that you will continue to do so, Lord. And Lord, just let us lean into what we can do for you, Lord. And we pray, Lord, as we get to know one each other a little bit better, God, as we connect with one another a little bit better, God, that we would always keep you the center, Lord, center of our relationship. We thank you, Lord, that we would just put things to you, Jesus. And we thank you for that, God. Now, Lord, we pray that you would be with us throughout the rest of this service, throughout this upcoming week, and whatever... You would have for us, God. Let us be just sensitive to you, Jesus. 
in your name. Amen. Well, good morning, everybody. You may be seated. We thank you for being here and, and everything. So, hey, I just want you to know, this afternoon at 4 p.m., downstairs we are going to be having the uh we are going to be having the um super bowl party and i would just pray that you would just I invite you to come by and have fun i, I gotta know uh, who is go- who here is going for the eagles raise your hands please all right all right if you're going for the chiefs raise your hands okay all right for everybody else who just doesn't care Raise your hands. Well, that's overwhelming, isn't it? Well, come by, enjoy, enjoy the time, 4 p.m. downstairs, and we're going to be doing it, bring a snack to share, and enjoy the fellowship, even if you don't really want to root for a particular team. Let's have fun, all right? So there's a couple things. Take some time to read your bulletin there. In the items. I'm not going to go through everything today, but I am going to have invite Ann if you'd like to uh, talk about a Sunday school class. Thank you. I have come for a time such as this. <laughs> the, lady, the real gals ladies would like to have a Bible study in March. It's called Created for Purpose, an Esther Study Journal. This will be for four weeks. And it will be, if you desire the book, it's a $15 for the book. We want to get this ordered right away since March is coming very quick. However, if it is too much, I will be giving the scripture for the week that we are on. It may be a lot of scripture, but you can go through it, have your ideas, and let us know whatever it is that you found in Esther for that time. And we'll just have a time together. If there's two of you, that's great. If there's more than that, then I fear coming before the king. I'm going to place the clipboard back where the Bible, uh, the book is on the counter. So if you'd like to sign up and have a book, it'll be there. Thank you. All right. Well, thank you, Anne. We appreciate that. So ladies, uh, take a look at that. And if you want to get involved, please sign up. So at this time, I would like to allow the, uh, excuse the kids to go downstairs for Kids Church. Enjoy some, I hear there's going to be some fun stuff going on down there today. So you kids enjoy yourself in that time with Miss Elise. And uh, Pastor, it's all up to you. All right. Thank you, Pastor Doug. You know, there was one question about the Super Bowl party that you didn't ask about the team's winning how many want to take Christian McCaffrey's uh, perspective on that? He's wondering if there's any way neither team could win. <laughs> I think he's just a little embittered for the loss that they just had. And, and so, yeah, we're, if you don't care about football, that's all right. We're just going to have fun. Fellowship is, is spiritual. Amen. Fellowship is spiritual. Believe it or not, you can have a spiritual time with your friends and family even at a football game that you could care less about. And so if you just want to come hang out and have a good time, please come and let's enjoy each other's company and just have a good time. There is going to be a quiz. If you want the special chair, if you win, you get the special chair in the middle 
of the perfect location, kick back lazy boy, boy style, and you get to be served for an entire quarter. It doesn't matter who you call on, they have to serve you whatever you want. How many think that's worth it right there? All right, so you got to come early enough to fill out the quiz before the game kicks off, and whoever gets the most correct uh, will get that share. And then every quarter that could change depending on how good you are at certain things as we go along. So it'll be fun. And uh, yeah, so any, anyway, let's look at a couple things from last week, shall we? A little reflection and prayer time. But before we do, uh, last week we did something unique and special, and we're going to try it again. And I thank you for being willing even though we don't have comfortable ways of doing this. I would like for you to split up into groups of three to six, if you can, and go ahead and do that right now. Three to six people. Find someone you don't know. Move around. Yeah, everybody, maybe I should have done what I did once before. Stand up so you're mobile. And find someone that's a first-time visitor. I know we have at least one uh, that's a first-time visitor. Find a friend that you haven't met yet. Uh, if you know each other well, find someone else. How about that? Is that fair? Go ahead, move around. Make yourself comfortable, please. I know some of you are like, wait, what's going on? Um, we need a couple over here. Here's a young couple right here. Why don't you guys find your way over there? You'll, you'll have fun over there. Anybody else need help finding a place? We're going to give you time. And we're going to have a 10-minute countdown in just a few moments. Hopefully, that's, I forgot to verify that was ready. Is that good? Awesome. Thank you. Okay, how are we doing? We getting, getting in a smaller group? There we go. There we go. That'll work. Yeah, chairs are fine if you grab one. Yes. <laughs> Welcome to my world. <laughs> You'll be good. You'll be good. It'll, it'll be fine. Okay, you can have a seat. Make it as comfortable as you can. And uh, I'm going to give you instruction and pray, and then you guys get started, okay? Uh, so what you're going to do is the first thing, someone needs to read James chapter 1, verse 1 through 8, and also verse 12. James chapter 1, 1 through 8, verse 12. That should be in the back of your bulletin. It shouldn't be difficult to find. And it might be on the app if you are using the app that we provide through our church app. And uh, you got 10 minutes to do th- two things. First of all, talk about that verse, the adversity's effect, the carrots, eggs, and coffee illustration. If you were here, you can share what that was. If you weren't here, you can learn from what that was. And then have the opportunity to pray together at the end. So let's pray. Lord God, thank you for the blessing it is to serve you, to talk about you, to learn from you, and to apply your word to our lives. I pray, Lord God, you're anointing on our fellowship time as we discuss your word from last week and how we were able to be victorious this this last week in applying your truth. We ask your blessing in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, you got 10 minutes to talk about those things. Go ahead, read the, the verses. Discuss as a group those things that are instructed on the bulletin. James 1.
Am I still on? Those who are online, you can participate as well if you're more than one of you. Uh, you also could chime in and chat. Uh, we do have that capability for you to converse through the online uh, facility as well through the app. So make a comment if you like, and you're welcome to participate that way. For those who are online, if you were not participating last week, we had an illustration of carrots, eggs, and coffee. And each of those things was exposed to the same adverse circumstance, boiling or hot water. Carrots that were hard and firm and strong became soft and mushy. Eggs that were malleable, usable, became hard-boiled, like a hardened heart, through the same adverse circumstance. But the coffee became a sweet-smelling aroma, rich, flavorable, pleasing, and satisfying. And the challenge, of course, is as we face the adversities of our day, that we become more like the coffee and allow the work of God to make us flavorable, bold, and a sweet-smelling aroma that can, can be used and appreciated. I believe it's important to apply the adversities in such a way.
for everybody here too. I want to tell them. There we go. You got five minutes. Hopefully, you're making some progress. Five minutes left. Make sure that you discuss how you were able to apply last week's message. Not everybody can share. If you have a large group, that's why we try to keep it small. All right, you got three minutes left, three minutes to be able to finish up your, your opportunity to discuss. I do want to say, if there's someone in your group that you don't know, please get their name and maybe make a connection there, exchange numbers, keep in touch if you can. So I just wanted to throw it out there. All right, two and a half minutes.
10, 9, 8, 7. <clears throat> 3, 2, 1. All right, I hope that your opportunity to share together was valuable. Uh, for those of you in large groups, it may have been difficult to get everything in. And I encourage you, if the Lord leads us to continue with this format, uh, it's okay to be small groups. That's actually better for getting full conversation, having the opportunity to pray at the end. Uh, but I do appreciate your participation in this today. Before we get into the message, I need volunteers. And I'm going to ask specifically for a husband and wife volunteer. Who would like to be the couple? Anybody daring? Well, right here? Jen and Levi? Come on up. Yes. Yes. Yes, this is awesome. Okay, here we go. Here we go. The theme and the title of the word today is Trust in the Lord. <laughs> Levi, you can sit in the chair. All right. We're going to have Levi sit in the chair. Jen, I need your help. Can you hold this for me? Because we're going to fill this thing with water. This sounds like fun already, huh? No, 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 no. Oh, okay. This looks to me like a lack of trust. Lack of trust. All right, here we go. I should have got a bigger picture. We could have filled this thing really big. Okay, can you uh, zip tie or zip that up as best you can? And you can press the air out if you want. It's up to you how you want to do it. <clears throat> You're in charge right now. Woohoo! So how many know that sometimes trusting God seems a little bit off? Like, not completely rational. Did pretty good, yeah. So... Levi, do you trust Jen not to get you wet? I know the right answer. Yes or no? That look that oh, that seemed like more no than yes. Well, Jen, here's the thing: you are going to put a pencil through the bag full of water, right above Levi's head. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. All right, so, so go ahead and hold it over Levi's head. And you're going to push that pencil right through the bag, all the way through, all the way through, all the way through. Okay. What do you know? Nothing. No, you can't. <laughs> that was a good one. Let's, let's see if we can keep going. Can we get five pencils through the bag without getting Levi wet? There's two. Drum roll. And number three. So far, no drips even. I'm impressed. Above the water. Well, it's got to go all the way through. All the way through. And so far. Oh. Oh, I think you got those pretty close. There was a couple drips. And, oh, she's going really close this time on purpose. All right, good job. Give him a hand. Bravery. And if you want, you can take that with you if you don't mind. Maybe we'll find a place for that. Thank you so much for demonstrating trust. 
You can leave now, yes. Proverbs. Proverbs. Chapter 3, verse 5 and 6. How many times is this the case where we are encouraged and challenged by God to put our hope and our faith and our trust in him and what we hear him saying us, uh, to us to do just doesn't make a whole lot of sense. I mean, most of you probably figured that the pencil would cause a pouring out of water and yet it didn't. And I believe that that's the way we can trust in God as we do things that seem a little off They are not. You can trust him as he leads us. So it says here, Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 and 6, Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and do not lean on your own understanding. In in all your ways acknowledge him, and he will make straight your paths. Let's pray. Lord God, thank you for giving us the challenge to trust you. Sometimes what you ask of us seems like it's impossible. Sometimes what you ask of us is fearful, and we are concerned or or afraid. But Lord, you are the great provider. You are sovereign Lord, King of kings. And we know by your word we can trust you. Now may we trust you with our lives and our actions. I pray your blessing to be upon us as we consider your words today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. This is a short message And after I complete the message with you, you will have an opportunity to share a little bit once again like we just did. So I want you to understand something about God. God is pretty smart. I mean, that seems kind of silly to even say, but it's true. He's pretty smart. And the thing is, he chose you. God chose you. I remember when when I was called by God to preach the gospel And it was a pretty supernatural, miraculous experience. And I've shared that testimony many times. Where I was obstinate and rebellious of heart, and I said no, and I argued with him. And finally, out of frustration, I said, fine, I'm going to open my Bible. Wherever my finger falls, that's my word from God. And when I did that, my, my finger was on the word go. And it said, go into the world, all the world, and preach the good news. And I was like totally shocked and awed. And angry. Because I didn't want to do that. I know me. I know what I like. I know what I don't like. I don't want to do this. And of course, it wasn't until years later when I finally submitted to God that I recognized I will never have peace until I say yes to his will. I even remember my sister who was sitting next to me. She was so happy and excited. Oh, I'm so happy for you. And I said, no. This isn't good. And then we, we discussed, as I tried to find a way of wiggling out of it, that maybe I could sing, and singing is kind of like preaching, and so maybe that's what God wants me to do, and that's what I tried to manipulate God into to, uh, being the word for me, and it didn't work. Half, halfway through my sophomore year, I finally submitted to God's anointing and call, and I said yes to the call, and I've had peace ever since. The deal I made with God was this. As long as I can be me in the ministry, I'll do it. I was shocked that that's exactly what he wanted. Excuse me? He wanted me to be me. 
that, that might not seem big to you, but it was to me because I thought I had to be someone else. To follow God, I had to become like someone else. I had to be like that other person that was very different than I was. I had to somehow change who I was, change my identity, and become a different person. And God said, no, 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 no. I made you this way on purpose. <laughs> well, Jeremiah 1.5, it says this, Before I formed you in your mother's womb, I knew you. That's God's word for me. That's God's word for you. Before you were even formed in the womb of your mother, God knew you. And beyond that, he, were, he, he said, before you were born, I consecrated you. What does that mean? That I set you apart. You have special purpose for me. I appointed you a prophet to the nations. Now, I'm thankful that I was not appointed a prophet to the nations. Because Jeremiah went through misery time and time again as he accomplished the will of God. But he did what God called him to do. He was successful in fulfilling the plan. Zero converts, nobody listened, but guess where we are today looking back to Jeremiah as an example of who we can model our lives after. It's not about the success of what you accomplish. It's your obedience. And so here I am today, doing what God called me to do, to preach his good news, the gospel of Jesus Christ, to to present to you his word in a way that hopefully you'll remember it and live by it. That's my call. What's yours? Ephesians chapter 1 Verse 3 through 6. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world. Think about it. Before he even created the world, before sin entered this world, he did what? He chose you. That's too hard to even fathom, and yet it's true. For what? That we should be holy, blameless before him in love. He predestined us for adoption to himself as sons through Jesus Christ according to the purpose of his will, to the praise of his glorious grace which, with which he has blessed us in the beloved. He predestined us for adoption. It was planned before he created the world. When he said, let there be light, and he caused all of the things of this world to exist, you know, the sea and the land and the trees and the sun and the moon and the stars and all of those things. And then he says, aha, now we create all the animal life along with the, the, the sea life, which was already created the day before. He gets to the grand finale climax of all things, and he rests before all of that. He chose you. You are intentionally made by God with purpose. You can trust him. Some of you came through all kinds of chaos and turmoil to get here. 
You could actually argue you went through hell on earth to be here today. And you're right where you're supposed to be. Putting your hope and faith and trust in him. Second Thessalonians chapter 2. Verse 13 through verse 15. We ought to always give thanks to God for you, brothers, beloved by the Lord, because God chose you as the first fruits to be saved through the sanctification by the Spirit and belief in the truth. To this he called you through a gospel so that you may obtain the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. So then, brothers, stand firm. And hold to the traditions that you were taught by us, either by our spoken word or by our letter. God chose you to be the first fruits to be saved, he said, to those Thessalonians who were hearing the gospel message. Having given their lives to Christ and were now born again believers, they were being told, God is so big that he knew you, set you apart, and chose you before any of this ever happened. Now, someone might want to say, well, this whole idea of predestination, I don't like it because it it gets confusing when we think about free will and, and the willingness of man to choose God or not choose God. Well, I'm sorry, God's bigger than your finite mind. He knows the end from the beginning and the beginning from the end. He knows what I'm going to say before I say it. He knows my reaction to the gospel before it's ever given. And based on that knowledge, he's got a plan. And the cool factor that goes beyond my understanding is even those who choose to not follow him, he's got a plan. And they're right where they're supposed to be according to the big picture, which we can't can't even begin to grasp. It's interesting to me how people will want to talk about God's sovereignty and then they'll talk about the end times with regret and woes. It's in the Bible. It's written. It's happening. You're not going to stop the end times. (laughs) It's going to be just as it's written because that's who God is. But what you can do is you can do you. What does that mean? That means you do the plan. What's the plan? God has a specific purpose for you. What's his purpose? Pray and find out. It's not that difficult to recognize and know you can trust him. He chose you before he even created this world. I think you can trust him to do it well. Amen. God is your refuge. Let's talk about that because sometimes we get scared. I don't get scared very often. I'm just admitting that. I think my scared nerve got got eliminated somewhere. I do things, and then people say, well, wasn't that scary? I never thought of it. (laughs) I remember my brother and I on the Quonset deciding we're going to slide down because the snow was really deep, and we had this great casing of snow over the side of that Quonset building. And as we were sliding down, and then having a great time, by the way, my brother decides, hey, how about I go head first? I thought, that's a great idea for you. (laughs) 
And so he says, well, here, here's what I'll do. I'll, I'll, I'll go first, and I'll arch my back, and I'll put my hands out like skis, and I should be able to go right across the top. And I said, yeah, that's, that's a good plan. And I'm thinking to myself, this is never going to work. And so he goes, and, and I'll go, and, then, and, and if you can't hear me, if I don't holler out, then come save me. And I'm like, great plan, let's do it. All right, go. And, and so he did. He goes, oh, silence. And I waited, and I waited, and nothing, nothing. And I'm sitting up there, I wonder if I should wait just a little longer. Uh, so finally I go, well, better go save him. So I go sliding down. And as I go, he's, his little feet are just kicking like that. His ankles are showing, and that's it. It took me a little bit, but I dug him out. We had a good time. Why do I share that? Well, what we didn't know is someone had taken the fence posts that we were using to make fencing and leaned it up against the Quonset building. If we had gone one more cog over, it would have ended terribly. But we were unafraid. Just going. And I think it's the Holy Spirit that said, that's enough for today. Even when we're stupid. <laughs> Let's admit it, that was a little dumb. God can keep us safe. So when you're doing what he asks, you can trust him. Have a bag of water, stick some pencils through it, and you won't get wet. Well, that seems silly, Lord. Just do it. Okay. Psalm 91, verses 1 through 6. He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will abide in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say to the Lord, my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. I'm sorry, but we cannot trust our community. As much as I love this community, people have asked me, you like it here? I said, I love it. This is a tough community. Let's admit it, right? I mean, this is like the wild, wild west sometimes. Right up my alley. I'm okay with that. But you can't trust the community to do it right. You can't trust our state to do it right. You can't trust our government to do it right. But you can trust God. He'll do it right every time. He is my fortress, my refuge, in him in whom I trust. For he will deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the deadly pestilence. He will cover you with his pinions, and under his wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness is a shield and buckler. You will not fear the terror of the night, nor the arrow that flies by day. In the New Testament, we talk about the enemy shooting flaming arrows and darts at us, but we have the shield of faith, the helmet of salvation, the breastplate of righteousness. We do not have to fear the enemy nor the pestilence that stalks in darkness, nor the destruction of waste at noonday. We have a God in whom we trust. How much can we trust him? He knew us before he even created us in our mother's womb, and he called us and chose us, set us apart before he even created the world. That's how much you can trust him. Psalm 62, verse 5 through 8. For God alone, O my soul, Wait in silence, for my hope is from him. What does that say? It says, I got to tell myself, stop worrying, relax, patiently rest in his presence. 
Sometimes if we aren't careful, we let our whatever of circumstance get control. We, we need to relax. We need to rest. We need to pull back. He only is my rock and my salvation, my fortress. I shall not be shaken. On God rests my salvation and my glory. My mighty rock, my refuge is God. Trust in him at all times, O people. Pour out your heart before him. God is a refuge for us. Selah. Or Selah. Or however you want to pronounce it. We chose Selah and and we have a dog named Selah. For this very reason. Find rest in him. 2 Thessalonians 3, verse 3. But the Lord is faithful, hallelujah. He will establish you and guard you against the evil one. Who do we fear? We talked about this a couple weeks ago. We don't fear the enemy. Yeah, sure, he can kill the body, I suppose, but he cannot kill my soul. He might be able to cause injury to my body and my flesh, but he will never take away the love of God. Therefore, I shall not fear the enemy. If there's any fear at all, it's a high honoring respect and awe for the King of kings and the Lord of lords, who I have been adopted into the family of whom I respect with tremendous love and praise and glory. God chose you. God is your refuge. Take your stand. Take your stand. What does that look like? Well, Jeremiah 1, we can go back to that chapter. We love to talk about the before I formed you in, the mother's, in your mother's womb part, but I want to talk about the challenge that came after that knowledge. Jeremiah has now been encouraged to know that he's not a mistake, that he's specially, uh, purposefully uh, created with an intentional plan that God put into motion. And after hearing all that, God says, now get busy. Do what I called you to do. It says this, but you, dress yourself for work. <laughs> you ever realize God is quite practical? We were talking about the menorah in the holy place of the tabernacle and the temple. And I asked the question, what was its purpose? And I got lots of really good answers about the symbolism of what it represented. But did you know the number one purpose of the menorah was to give light? Now you're like, what's a menorah? Well, it's that candelabra that's got seven candles. You know, it's the one that miraculously was lit for eight days, even though the oil in the lamp was only for one day. Somehow, after the Maccabean Wars, when they set things back into order, the thing just kept burning miraculously until they got more pure oil that they could use to keep it lit forever. This all happened there. But the main purpose of the menorah was to give light so the priest could do the work he was called to do. Well, guess what? Jesus is the light of this world. He's your light, and he's got work for you to do. (laughs) I don't know about you, but I don't want to walk into a door that's half open with my eyes closed or pitch dark, because that hurts. Maybe we ought to flip on a light so we don't do that. Well, let's look at Jeremiah now. 
chapter 1, 17 and 18, dress yourself for work, arise. Say to them everything that I command you. Do not be dismayed by them, lest I dismay you before them. Okay, that's good words. And I, behold, I make you this day a fortified city, an iron pillar, the bronze walls against the whole land, against the kings of Judah, its officials, its priests, and the people of the land. They will fight against you, but they shall not prevail against you. For I am with you, declares the Lord, to deliver you. Hallelujah. So the practical side of this is is simple. Do the work. Jesus said to the disciples that were listening, if you love me, you will give me flowers and candy. Wait, wait, what? (laughs) No. I mean, I had to say that because you know that special day is coming, right? That one day where you have to show love. What? (laughs) Let me tell you, just just a little tip. If if you only love your... uh, What's what significant other? There's a nice term, right? If you only love your significant other well on that day, you got a whole world of trouble. Amen? So let, let's make sure we, we're loving well all the days of the year. And that goes for me too. I got to learn that lesson and continue to just give up myself more, sacrifice more, uh, put my flesh down more. Amen? Where was I? I got lost. Oh, loving God. Jesus said, if you love me, you will obey my commands. Your special song that was wonderfully sung with just the right instruments and chords that were stroked, everything that just went smoothly and wonderfully didn't mean a thing. Didn't mean a thing. If you can't do what he asked you to do. You know what he calls that? It's, 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 it's like the gong show. The clanging cymbal. A gong. It's, an, it's annoying. Ooh, you saying good. Where's the love? When are you going to do what I've made you to do? I created you with purpose. And so we get to that last verse, and then you're going to break off. Uh, Ephesians 2, verse 8 through 10. One of my favorite passages of the, of the Bible. Ephesians 2. Beginning with verse 8, we often like to quote this passage, but we don't always read beyond, and we should. We should always read the rest of the story, as Paul Harvey would say. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this not your own doing. It is the gift of God. That's a wonderful place to begin. Amen? You did not earn your salvation. God, by his grace, allowed you into his family and you have found the forgiveness of your sins through the blood of Christ. That's a gift of God. Not a result of works, verse 9 says, so that no one may boast. You know, even Mary had to be born again. Mary, the mother of Jesus, had to be born again. That should not shock you. And then verse 10 says this, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. How phenomenal is that? 
that the reason we're here today and the opportunity to express his word to you was planned before my mom was pregnant. Before the creation of the world even began, this day that we are celebrating together as a loving family of God was destined to be as it is. We are right where we're supposed to be. What were the circumstances that brought you here? It happened according to the will of God. Even the difficult things? Yes. Because the Word of God declares that if you love Him, even those things which are difficult and terrible can bring good. So who are you going to trust? You going to trust yourself? I tried that. It didn't work so well. You going to trust in other people? Well, just a little tip, they will fail you. I no matter how loving and wonderful you are one to another, you will fail each other. That's why Jesus told Peter, "Don't just forgive 7 times, forgive unlimitedly, never-ending, always, 70 times 7. And so I encourage you to embrace the truth that you are chosen by God. You were created with purpose. He is the refuge in whom you can trust. You can go to him and find the refuge and the safety and the love and the care that you deserve through the power of God in you. Now you say, well, you said the word deserve, and I I hesitated to say it, and then I said it anyway. I don't know why I did that, because I don't know if I do deserve that refuge. I don't know if I do deserve his goodness. I don't know that I deserve anything that comes from God. And really, I don't. Except that there was this thing that happened where I got adopted into the family. And I have become a co-heir with Christ. And you have become a co-heir with Christ. You are a child of God, and you have things of which you have coming as his child. You didn't earn it, but because you are a child of God, you are a son, you are a daughter, you have things that you can be blessed with. And, and some of those things which are eternal that started now and will always be is peace, which passes understanding. Joy, unspeakable, full of glory. Right? Love, that's eternal. So I encourage you to embrace this truth. God chose you, set you apart for his purpose. Even through the most difficult challenges of life, as you love him with all your heart, he makes something good come from it. Take a stand and do what God has prepared you for. You alone can do what he's called you to do. All right, we got 10 minutes. I'm going to have you go ahead and group up. And the questions are in your bulletin. And I want you to ask these questions one with another. What did you like most about the message? What does the message show about God? How can I apply the message to my week? Go ahead and begin.
We're getting down to close to five minutes. Five minutes before we close our service this morning. It's really important that you do the last question for sure. If you need to skip ahead, make sure you have an opportunity to talk about practical ways to apply the message for this week. How can I apply the message to my week? Two and a half minutes.
All right, you just have 20 seconds or so left, so we'll be wrapping it up in just a moment. Five, four, three, two, one, and zero. Amen. I just want to encourage you. I believe God is intentionally trying to do a new work in our midst. One of the things that we have struggled or lacked is community. We hear good words, encouragements, uh, but we don't know each other. And this is one of the ways that we can be strengthened of faith is to build a community of friends that are more than friends because we are a family. And it's hard to feel like you're not alone when we, we don't really know each other. And I believe God is wanting us to do something different in a greater way. Uh, how long does this format continue? It's up to the Lord. I'm going to be sensitive to him on that. I realize that the pews are very uncomfortable. Uh, they're not conducive for this kind of gathering. Uh, we do have uh, times of the past and recent days where it's been brought up to get the chairs so that we have a, a more flexible way of doing our service. And I think most of you have already said you'd love to see that happen. Uh, you know, it's it just a matter of, honestly, it's the dollars uh, with the vision. I do have some thoughts about what we could do to, to make it go pretty, pretty uh, easily into some of the funds. Uh, just for the sake of discussion, I'll throw it out there. Uh, just to, to, to say an idea that maybe it's God's idea, maybe it's not. But I have a bench in my home that was from the 1940s, from the original construct of the Daisy Assembly of God Church. And my grandpa took a bunch of them, put them in a grain bin for storage with plans to give all of the children and the grandchildren a bench from the original pews. And so I have one in my house that my grandpa made that's cut down with the ends put together in a shorter space. We have 24 pews that could be cut and made into benches that would make a great furniture for your home. Who knows? Maybe that's what we should do, uh, and donations could be made. Uh, I thought it would be fun to have a team, a team of carpenters, and hacks <laughs> that could put it together and just say, hey, uh, everybody sign up. How long do you want your bench? Seven feet, three feet, six feet, ten feet? And we can cut them according to guidance of, of your choice, and you would give a donation of whatever God leads you to do, and you take the bench home, and now you have it in your house. That'd be kind of a cool way to do it, I thought. Uh, but who knows? It, it's it's going to take a, a decision from our leaders, our deacons, board members, uh, to, to move that forward, whether or not we do or not in the near future. Uh, you just keep it before you uh, to pray. But thank you for participating in an unusual format for a Sunday morning. If God intends us to do this indefinitely, so be it. Uh, I hope that you've enjoyed it. I hope that you're encouraged. 
I hope that you are building relationships with each other so that you can more readily say, hey, can you pray for me? Or, hey, the Holy Spirit spoke to me and, and said I should call. The more you know each other, the more usable you can be in the spirit realm. Amen? Would you close your eyes with me and let's pray. Lord God, thank you for your blessing this day, encouraging us to build one another up, to fellowship, to have community, to be a family that's not just family by word, but by application, by action. That we can discuss your word together. We can share testimonies. We can give insights. We can share our own perceptions of what you are saying in a way that's non-threatening and welcomed. And I thank you for this family that is growing to know you in a greater way. May your Holy Spirit lead us to know each other in a greater way. And Lord, for this week, help us to apply your word of truth to trust you. To trust you. We give you thanks and we give you praise for this. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you as you go into your week. You're welcome to come back for some fun fellowship around a different kind of thing called a Super Bowl.